0: well I am so excited about this morning Amen. and uh, I have uh, been studying and praying and believing and uh, what I want is to just let's just take away all of these preconceived ideas and notions about what the Holy Spirit is and what he's not and what he's gonna do to me and what he's not gonna do to me and I, I have a great idea what do you say we just do what the Bible says Amen. sound good I have seen so many people over the years that received bad teaching. Say this with me. Bad teaching teaching. leads to bad thinking, thinking. which which leads to bad living. I have seen sincere people that love God or heard of testimonies of sincere people who love God but were given some less-than-biblical revelation about the Holy Spirit and how to receive it. And they spent years begging God and travailing and tarrying and doing all these things because they thought that's what they had to do to receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's much more simple than that. Amen? And, uh, you know, the devil hates... uh, Michelle was just... We were just talking a second ago... The devil really doesn't care if everybody's saved, but he does care if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, because when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, now you have power, and the enemy is afraid of a powerful church. The devil does not tremble at a religious church that meets every Sunday morning at 1030. He does not tremble when we sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. But he does tremble when a believer stands up, baptized in the Holy Spirit, clothed and endued with power that now has the ability to recognize him and do something about him. And so what we're talking about today is far more than just another little religious experience. And let me just say, it doesn't end with speaking in tongues. It begins. Amen. We believe and according to the Bible that the first thing that happened in Acts chapter 2 was that when they received the Holy Spirit, they all started speaking in other tongues. Amen. I have no idea where the erroneous teaching came that somehow that tongues was of the devil. It is better for us not to say anything at all about the Holy Spirit than to try and say that anything of the Holy Spirit is from the devil. You 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 are dancing with a dangerous partner when we begin to vocalize that or we begin to teach things like that, I have the honor today. I have the greatest opportunity in my whole life to introduce you to my best friend, the Holy Spirit, this morning. Because that's really what he is. He's closer than a brother. He's our best friend. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. And so I'm going to spend a few minutes this morning teaching, you know, what, what's the Bible say in Romans 10:17? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I believe that it's my job to take a few minutes and I want to build your faith in this area. And then after I teach for a minute and I feel a release from the Holy Spirit, the worship team's going to come back up. We're going to do that third song again, which I've been asking them to do and they did for me for the first time this morning. Didn't you love that song? It was a powerful song. We're going to worship that song again, and then I'm just going to simply have you come up, and we're going to lay hands on you this morning. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we're going to lay hands on you, and you are going to receive the Holy Ghost today. Isn't that amazing? It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited about it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're already in this place. Lord, we're not going to go too fast. We're not going to go too slow. Holy Spirit, guide us and lead us and direct us. Show us, Lord, what we need to do and how we need to do it. I take authority in the name of Jesus over every obstacle, every assignment, (coughs) every distraction in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that we're under an open heaven. I push back against all resistance and all opposition in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that we're in a place um, of just perfect unity and perfect peace in Jesus' name. Amen? amen? You know, nothing ever happens to me until the TV lights come on. And then all of a sudden when those lights come on, it's like if you have a nose hair, this thing will shoot out about 50 feet. <laughs> like nothing happens over there when you're sitting during worship. But the minute you get under these lights, it's like every little thing starts going bing, bong, 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 bing, bong. <laughs> Too much information, right? TMI? <laughs> TMI, baby. I just want to share a little bit this morning that there are three baptisms in the Bible. And if we are, it is vital for every one of us as a believer that each one of us needs to go through all three of these baptisms. Amen? There is a lot of confusion uh, about when I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, well, that's what happened when I got saved. And to that, I want to say Yes. When you got saved, there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that comes into us. But there is a third and a separate um, thing in the Bible that is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to take a few moments so that I can differentiate between the three. And I got Steve here. Steve is an authority on the Holy Spirit. And uh, he will correct me. He's looking at me already. I've already made two mistakes. He does this, and if it's one more, then, you know... (laughs) He just steps up and takes over. But the first baptism I want to talk about, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. And I'm reading out of the New King James this morning. It says, for by one spirit, say one spirit, We were all, say all, All. baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. I want you to notice that when you get born again, there is an infilling of the Holy Spirit that takes place. It is the Holy Spirit that comes inside of us He's kind of that refiner's fire. He's the one that comes and cleans the house up. He's the one that comes inside of us and our spirit becomes alive. So yes, each and every one of us, when you are born again, you do have a portion of his Holy Spirit in you right now. Amen. Now, the Holy Spirit is who baptizes us into Jesus. When you get saved, you get baptized, you get immersed into Jesus. That's what happened when you got born again. Amen? You got baptized into Jesus. The second baptism, does everybody understand that? That that is its own experience unto itself, and I'm going to show you a couple of the differences. The second experience is a water baptism. How many of you have been water baptized? How many of you have never been water baptized? Everybody in the room has been water baptized? Is there anybody in the room that would like to be water baptized? Amen. Got some hands in the back. Let me just say, I will say of all three of the baptisms, we do not talk enough about a baptism in water. It is very important to the Lord that you be water baptized. And sometimes we rush over it. You know, Jesus said when the Great Commission, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. But sometimes people will take that verse and say that if you get saved, that you have to immediately right there have water to get baptized, or you're not saved. That's not true. Because what if you're in the desert and you get baptized and there's no water? What happened? There's no water, so how are you going to do it? What he is saying is, is that you should, at some point, each and every one of us, as a believer, you need to be water baptized. It's important to the Lord. Why is it? Because the baptism in water is a signification that your old man is dead. See, the first baptism made you a new creature. The second baptism is a symbol that now that old man is dead and gone. Because he goes down into that water and he stays there. Now, anybody, a disciple can baptize anybody in water. It doesn't have to be a pastor that baptizes you. It just needs to be a disciple. So fathers, you can baptize your sons. You can baptize your children. It's a beautiful thing when you see families get baptized together. It's a beautiful thing. So if you have never been water baptized and you would like to follow the Lord's command, then I'd like for you to to contact us through the website uh, or call the church office. And we're going to do that in the next couple of weeks. Amen? Amen. It's important to the Lord that you be water baptized and we will do some teaching on it. And I'll share with you how to do it and uh, you know we won't heat the water this time we'll keep it cold <laughs> you might enjoy it a little bit more this <laughs> the way that it is outside now let's look at Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. Matthew chapter 3 this is a lot of just teaching this morning this isn't as really as much preaching as it is teaching Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. This is John the Baptist talking. Does everybody have that? I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Does everybody understand that? Go back up to the top of that verse. I want to show you that this is different from water baptism. This is John the Baptist. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. That's water baptism. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So, obviously, there are three different baptisms. This baptism, Jesus actually baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. The first baptism of salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. The second baptism, we get baptized as a disciple, as showing that the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the the, the shedding away of the old man... But the third baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself is the baptizer. And it is clarified, it is marked, it is known because he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Power. Now, scriptorians, which you are, right? We all know the apostle Peter, right? We don't know him personally, but we know of him. If you know him, I'd like to meet you. Peter, can we all just agree, Peter walked with Jesus every day? He lived with Jesus. He saw every miracle that Jesus did. Come on. He listened to all of Jesus' teaching. He experienced all of Jesus' teaching. Yes. Yes, he walked with him. He talked with him. He slept with him. He saw him in good times and bad times. Yet when Jesus was about to go to the cross, Peter still denied him how many times? He still denied him three times. All of a sudden, Peter is in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And they're there with 120. And the day of Pentecost falls in Acts chapter 2. In that room, there's a mighty rushing wind from heaven. I get a picture of like 50 B8 F-16s flying overhead. Just a roar of this engine flying over the top of that place. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other tongues. What's the first thing that Peter does? Peter goes out and he begins to preach one of the greatest first salvation messages ever known. 3,000 people got saved. I want to show you that you can be saved and know Jesus and have a good life but you can get baptized in his precious Holy Spirit and he'll give you power to be a witness. He'll take care of all of that fear. He wants us to be a witness and he's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can do it. Now, pastor, do you have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? No, you don't. There's nowhere in the Bible that says if you don't speak in tongues, you won't get into heaven. But my goodness, he's given us the most precious gift in the world. Why wouldn't we want it? Why wouldn't we want that power? Why wouldn't we want that comfort? Why wouldn't we want that guiding and that leading? Listen to me. The Holy Spirit will never pick you up, flip you around, and make you say goofy stuff. The devil wants to control you. Demons want to possess you. Why is that? Because they want to control you. They want to manipulate you. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants you to be his best friend. He wants you to be able to hear his voice. I'll just say it. If you were to follow the Holy Spirit, he'll make you rich. He'll make you rich because he's always going to be leading you into truth. He is always going to be leading you into more. He's never going to lead you into worse. He's your best friend. He's your comforter. Amen. So does everybody understand that there are three different baptisms? Baptism, when we get saved, baptized into the Spirit. Baptism of water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is one of the only things that's in all four Gospels. If you look at the Gospels today, there are some things that are in some Gospels and some things that are not. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in all four Gospels. Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew Mark, and Luke... All take place, they'll do the, 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 the um, birth of Jesus, and then they will jump to after the beheading of John and the last year of Jesus' ministry. But the book of John, John has stuff in it that no one else has. John has the wedding at Cana. John has Nicodemus. John has all these things that happened in the first couple of years of Jesus' ministry. That's why the book of John is so amazing. But all four accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Mark and John, it's in chapter 1. In Matthew and Luke, it's in chapter 3. You need to write those down. Jesus is the first person ever for the Holy Spirit to come upon and stay on. He would come on people in the, whole, in the Old Testament, right? The Holy, the Holy Spirit would come on Samson, and then it would leave. What did David say when he had his infidelity? Oh, Lord, please don't take away your precious Holy Spirit. It was something that came and went in the Old Testament. But when Jesus came, the Holy Spirit came, and it descended on him. Let's look at that. John chapter 1, verse 33. Let's look at verse 32. 1 John chapter 32. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize you with water said unto me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Let's knock over a sacred cow real quick, okay? The Holy Spirit is not a dove. (laughs) It didn't say a dove descended from heaven and landed upon Jesus. What descended from heaven? The Holy Spirit descended from heaven. And it says, like a dove. Does everybody recall what happened when Elijah went to heaven and Elisha was there? When Elisha went to heaven, the chariot came and picked him up. All of a sudden, Elisha's mantle came flittering down like a dove. And it was picked up by Elisha. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. Take that out of your thinking. Take that out of your... It'll help, it'll help you quite a bit. The Holy Spirit is far more than a dove. But he came down like a dove and he descended upon Jesus. Now... I'm going to make my big point right here. You ready? Are you ready? If Jesus needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit while he was in this earth, why not us? If Jesus, God, Son of God, had to be baptized in the Holy Ghost while he walked this earth, why wouldn't we? There is nowhere in the bible where it says that the holy spirit has left the earth there is nowhere in the bible that states anything that somehow that tongues is over the apostles are over that prophets are over it's not in there you have to do a lot of speculating to come up with those decisions if you stay with the bible the bible always works amen stay with the truth stay with what the word says every time So Jesus had to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, so should we. Let's look at some of the last words of Jesus. We would all agree that the last words of Jesus would be important? Yes? If I was on my deathbed and I had my children gathered around me and my wife, my last words to them would probably be some of the most important, some of the most impactful, some of the most sincere words that I would ever say because I knew that I was leaving. I'm not. Just out of letting you know. Just letting you know. Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he um, insinuated to them. He thought maybe it would be a good idea. He gave them a choice. What's it say? He commanded them. Jesus, get a picture of this. Jesus wasn't going through the buffet and said, well, I'll have some of that and some of that. You know, I'll have the shoes, but you keep the tongues. He didn't say that. What did Jesus say? I command them not to depart from Jerusalem. Jesus is commanding us here. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I want you to know that any time you see the promise of the Father, the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. Amen? He promised this to his disciples. He promised it to them. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. And this is this. If anybody tries to tell you that the Holy Spirit has gone away, that it's done away with, that it's no more, that it stopped with the last apostle, you've got to explain this verse, okay? This is the home run, this is the nail in the coffin, this is the definitive verse about the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? For the promise is to you and to your children. And to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Do you see anything in that verse that says, until the last apostle dies? Do you see anything in that verse? Can I just, can we just be common sense? Are you common sense people? I'm a common sense person. So we're at the end of the age. Would we say that the devil is doing everything that he can to wreak as much havoc and to cause as much collateral damage as humanly possible in the earth? Where we say right now that there is more darkness than we've ever experienced before. Where we have to say that the attack against us is the great. What general in his right mind would take his best team off the field when the enemy is putting his best? Why would he take away his Holy Spirit from us, take away the gifts of the Spirit, take away his prophets, take away his apostles? And tell us just to walk around with nothing more than a helmet on our head and naked from the neck down. Because that's the only armor, the spirit of the armor, the spirit of the sword of the. uh, My brain gets to going, and the mouth is like, let me catch up there, Jack. Do we have armor? What is your armor? Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. We shot our feet with the what? The preparation of the gospel of peace, right? The belt of truth. Remember, truth holds up everything. If you don't have truth, nothing will hold on to it. You got to have the belt of truth. But he gives me the shield of? And the sword of? What's it say after that? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Why would he strip his team, his, if I went out to all the soldiers and said, all right, soldiers today, put down your guns, take off all of your armor, take off your boots, put on your helmets, and you go run out there and you go fight that other army, what's going to happen? We're all going to go to heaven, but we're all going to die. Amen? So why would he take his best players off the field at the end of the game. But yet we have, a, we have been talked out of the Holy Ghost. We've been talked out of his power. We've been doctrinalized and theorized and how that can't be and all this crazy stuff. Folks, we need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit. You need power in your life. If you're dealing with addictions, you need the Holy Ghost. If you're dealing with anything in your life right now, you need the Holy Ghost. He'll help you. He'll comfort you. Praying in tongues is one of the most powerful, beautiful things that you can do. When you get that prayer language, I sat in that chair last night for an hour just praying in this room in the Holy Ghost. Believe in God for you. Praying God's perfect will over you. I laid hands on every chair in here, even the sound booth. Believe in God for you today. Today. So don't just decide like at Luby's, I'm just not going to have any of that today. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Beginning in verse 14. It says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So they'd already received the word of God, yes? So now they were going down to see if they had received the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Do you see that these are different experiences? Do you understand that when you got saved, that it's different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If I had time, I would go into even a picture of the temple of Solomon, that there were two fires that came on into that temple. One was a refining power power, and the other one was one of power that gave light to everyone. So I'm just going to give you a few real basic, just little things that we need to do as we receive. I've seen a lot of people struggle with receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and where they struggle with is in their mind. Well, how's it going to happen, and what's it going to sound like, and will it take me over, and all these kind of things, and those are very valid and real points, but let me just share with you, um, I'm going to give you just a little bit of instruction, but I want to make just three more points. When we get saved, we become a new person, right? You get access to the fruit of the Spirit. Let me just say that real quick. You do not have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to get access to the fruit of the Spirit. When you got saved, you got love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You do not have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to get access to the fruit of the Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get access to the nine gifts of the Spirit. When you get saved, you get access to the nine fruits of the Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, now we have access to the nine gifts of the Spirit that are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. You need to read about those. We receive the baptism by asking. You're going to ask the Holy Spirit, to bapt- Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Myself, my wife, Pastor Steve, we're going to lay hands on you We're going to be that conduit, but you're asking the Holy Spirit, you're asking Jesus yourself to baptize you with his Holy Spirit. Okay. Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it says. If you then, though are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So you're going to ask. Listen to me. God will never force anything on you. Do you understand that? God will never force any part of his spirit. He won't force you to be happy. He won't force you to be prosperous. He won't force you to be peaceful. He won't force any of that on you. You have to ask for it by faith. Because he gave you a free will. All you have to do is just ask and then believe that you receive. You got to pray with the right heart. Okay, and this is important. We have to pray with a right heart. It's very, very important that we deal with unforgiveness and bitterness and those types of things before we pray. It is very, very hard to get baptized in the Holy Spirit if you're holding unforgiveness against somebody. So I just want to encourage you even now to begin to pray and even asking the Lord, Lord, is there anybody that I need to forgive? Is there anybody lord that i'm holding a grudge against is there anybody that i'm offended with folks it's called the holy spirit holy does anybody understand holy holy not in whole holy as in holy it's his pure spirit amen when i was in africa michelle and i went to africa uh, and we did a missions trip there for three weeks we well, was in nairobi kenya I saw thousands of people get saved, and we as Bible school students would minister salvation to them. We would take them back to a back room, and there we would share with them the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was no demons that came out when they got saved, but I saw people do the craziest stuff I've ever seen when we ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit to them. They started slithering on the ground. Demons started coming out. It took me and four guys my size to hold down a 110-pound lady because she was manifesting so many demons. This is a Holy Spirit. Come on, say that. Holy. Come on. Holy. There's no only room in there for Him. Let's deal with what we need to deal with before we do this. Amen? Let's deal with it now. Deal with unforgiveness. Deal with bitterness. Deal with offense. Deal with it before we pray. You need to repent of the occult anything that you've had to do with the occult, if you played with Ouija boards, if you've gotten fortune tellers, if you get your palms read, all these little things that the enemy has access to, those are little ways that the devil has an access into us with the occult and with demonic spirits. You need to renounce the occult. Anything having to do with the devil, seances, anything you did at old parties when you were a kid, you need to renounce those things. You have to renounce those things. This is a Holy Spirit. There's only room in there for one. Does everybody understand? Renounce all the devil's work and command him to depart in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So this is very, very simple, and this is very, very easy, what we're about to do. There's nothing hard in what we're about to do. And if you're fearful right now, that's a good thing. Because that means the enemy's working on you not to do this. If it wasn't real, he wouldn't care. So we're going to begin to worship the Lord. I'm going to invite the praise team back up. We're all going to stand. We're going to worship this song. And then at the end, I'm just going to invite those that would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues to come down front. We're just going to simply minister that to you, lay hands on you. And all I want you to do is just turn off your mind and just what are the first things that start coming up out of your belly? Rivers of living water. I just want you to start putting into, uh, to start vocalizing that, that thing that comes out. It's a very, very simple thing. Let me just say this too. I was not a good kid. I uh, got saved, I had to have gotten saved at the Methodist Church. I I don't know when I actually got saved. It had to have been when we were at Southwest Methodist Church when I was young, maybe in a Sunday school class. Thank you for the Methodist. Thank you, Lord. When I was 11 or 12 years old, we were at Brazewood Assembly of God, and on a Sunday night, Pastor David Rose gave a call to come down for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I went down front and I got filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, I went the next nine or ten years away from God, as you could imagine. But I never lost the gift of the Holy Spirit. It kept me alive. So don't think you have to be good to come receive this. Don't think you got to clean yourself up. Don't think, well, God doesn't know, you know where I am or I'm going to go clean myself up and then I'll come do this. God knew where I was and what I was getting ready to do, yet he still filled me with his precious Holy Spirit at the age of 12. You don't have to be good for this gift. You just have to ask. You have to be saved and you need to get water baptized. Those are important. So let's just stand for a moment